seeing as it's Thanksgiving, I wanted to discuss Thanksgiving this morning. And I'm going to start with a passage in 1 Thessalonians 5.18 that says this, In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. In everything give thanks. And it's kind of been going along with the theme that we've been spending months on because we all got a little bit crazy over this COVID thing. And we just decided after a few months that we were going to quit talking and being mad about how everything was going to be, how everything was being handled. And we were just going to switch the tide and go back to Jesus and just start to talk about Jesus and start to just discuss Jesus and start to empower people with Jesus because Jesus knew this was happening way before the world even began. God saw this instance. It's nothing. It's a blip in the road. And that's all that's going on. And God is more interested in how we grow as a person and how we become more like him than trying to figure out and trying to know the exact right way on how to walk out of this situation. Because I got to tell you, with this craziness, it's way above my pay grade. Anyways, I need Jesus in this thing. So 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 18 says to give thanks in all things. That means going through craziness, right? We're supposed to give thanks in all things. Why? Because it is the will of God. It is the will of God for our lives that we should give thanks in all things. And so I wanted to discuss that this morning. Now, every year, you know, I always feel like people want an explanation on Thanksgiving for Canada, but I don't know if you've ever tried to research Canada Thanksgiving. It is almost impossible to find out the exact origins. Everybody argues over the origin of Thanksgiving. So here's my response to you about Canadian Thanksgiving. Go check it out for yourselves. But as I was looking this morning, I did come across these kid jokes about Thanksgiving, and I thought it was kind of funny. Why did the turkey cross the road? Because it was Thanksgiving, and he wanted everybody to think he was the chicken. (laughs) What did the turkey say to the computer? These are kid jokes, but they're funny to me, too. What did the turkey say to the computer? Google, Google, Google. (laughs) So silly. This one's kid funny. Why did the cranberries turn red? They saw the turkey dressing. (laughs) Should you shoot me now? What sound does a limping turkey make? And this is my last one. What sound does a limping turkey make? Wobble, wobble, wobble. (laughs) Okay. Anyways, okay. Now that I brightened your day or made it worse, I'm not sure yet. But... When it comes to Thanksgiving, the Bible is super clear about several things, but very, very clear about giving thanks. Now, the first thing we understand is that we are to give thanks to God. Now, when you read the Psalms, you can't help but just see the thanksgiving that we are to portray towards our Father through, through most of the Psalms that were written by David and, and him thanking God for so many things through all different seasons of his life. And that's why we're to give thanks in all things. I mean, we see David thanking God. I mean, he complains to God at times too, don't get me wrong, but he's thanking God through every season of life. And when I read the Psalms, I just picked a few this morning, but Psalm 717 says this, I will praise the Lord according to his righteousness, and I will sing praise to the name of the Lord Most High. He's righteous, and we need to sing his praise. Psalm 28, 7 says this, The Lord is my strength and my shield. My heart trusted in him, and I am helped. Therefore, my heart greatly rejoices, and with a song I will praise him. You know, we're here this morning, and it sounds easy because we just sang, but what do Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday look like? Right? I have to remind myself this, and you guys know I preach to myself every Sunday morning. 
What does that look like? I have to remind myself all week. Listen, if I can sing on Sunday, I can sing to you Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Psalm 95, 2 and 3 says this. Let us come before his presence with thanksgiving. Let us shout joyfully to him with with psalms. For the Lord is the great God and the great king above all gods. So when I see that, you know, I know that, you know, in here, most of us are not worshiping other gods per se, but we have so many other things going on in life that are battling for our time. And, and like I said, sometimes these phones, it's, it's not even so much, I mean, the stuff on there is ludicrous for most of the time on our feeds and all that. But sometimes I'm just thinking about the time that it sucks up versus talking and, and praising and discussing things with God, right? So we just have to make choice sometimes. Why? Because God's above our phones. God's above everything and he deserves our praise. And not just from a deserving point of, you know, he is deserving, of course he is, but we know that anything that God gets us to do, it always grows us and makes us better. And so when we worship God, that's the same thing. Like the Bible says that we're to magnify the Lord. Well, the word magnify actually means to build up and to, and to enlarge. Well, you can't enlarge God. He's already big. He's already omnipresent. He's already, you know, his, his, the earth is just but his footstool, Right? And so we can't enlarge him. So the psalm was saying to magnify the Lord. Who gets larger when we worship? We do. He gets larger in our lives and he's bigger in our lives and the view of him get larger and then our lives become bigger and the problems become smaller because God becomes bigger in the process. Where are we? Psalm 100 verse 4? Is that where we're at? Enter his gate with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be thankful to him and bless his name. Now we know this is David talking under old covenant. We know that God makes his abode in us and he lives on the inside of us and, and he never leaves us. You know, I don't know, we can maybe look at it metaphorically or whatever, but at the same time is like, because we're always conversing with God and God never leaves us and is always in our presence, make sure we're giving thanks. Make sure we're giving praise to him. Psalm 106 verse one says this, Praise the Lord. Oh, give thanks to the Lord for he is good and his mercies endure forever. Now, this is the one I could just park on for a month. Not to teach anything on it, but just to remind myself that his mercies endure forever. Forever. Like, you know how many times you screwed up last week? Forever. You know how many times you're still going to screw up? Lots. And his mercies endure forever. We talk about it lots, but Jesus in the book of Hebrews says that Jesus' sacrifice was one sacrifice forever. That what he did covers and remits our sin. And we get to come to the Father, not because we're good. We get to come to him because he's good. And his mercy endures forever, forever. No matter what you've done, where you've been, I want to tell you something. His mercy endures forever, forever. Why do we love God? Because he what? First, loved us, right? We always want to be the initiators. Like we somehow made it to God. And we're like that with other people, right? We're like, we walk around all boastful and we have this great relationship with God. It's because we had this amazing week and we've been holy for so long and we've been going to church for this many years. But the fact is, God initiates everything. He initiated our salvation. He initiates everything. I love him simply because he first loved me. I, I did nothing in this. He's just so good. And I'm so thankful that he is so good. You know, I, I sing and I dance at Sunday mornings, not because I had a great week. It's because I probably didn't in some areas and I'm still forgiven and he still loves me and I still belong to him and his mercies endure forever, right? So that's pretty, pretty cool. 
And so we're to thank God, and that's extremely important that we thank him for all who he is and his wonders and his majesties, and he is so amazing. And as we magnify him, like I said, all of our problems become smaller because he becomes bigger. And we get so run down at times in the pressures of life. And I know during this season, with all these rules and rags, people were really getting down and really feeling depressed. Well, as we magnify God, even that looks so tiny. I mean, we have so much to be grateful for. You got to come here and you got to worship Jesus this morning. You had breath in your, in your lungs to be able to worship Jesus this morning. That is, is something so amazing to be thankful for, right? I mean, is there anything better than that, right? Than worshiping God? That's what we've been created. That's, that's who we are. So that's why it feels so right. And that's why sometimes it, 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 it's sometimes hard to pass through when you've had a bad morning or you come here and you're irritated with your wife or family or husband or whatever it is and you don't feel like it. Sometimes it's hard to break through, but God wants us to break through that. Why? Because worship is freeing to us. It truly is freeing to us. So I'm thankful to God. And that can be pretty easy for most Christians to be thankful for God, for sure. It's easy to thank God for all his majesty and power. But what about the little things closer to home? We're to give thanks in all things because it's the will of God, right? 1 Thessalonians 5.18 says this, In everything, give thanks for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. In everything, give thanks. What if things aren't going well? What do we lean to? It's like, God, I'm mad, right? But we're supposed to do the opposite. It's hard, but we're supposed to do it. We're supposed to give thanks in everything, in everything we do in life, no matter what we're going through. Now, I'm not saying God sends a lot of stuff. I'm not being one of those, you know, teachings where God's going to send all this sickness and do terrible things in your life. But it doesn't mean we shouldn't give thanks during the process. And that's really where we're going to see our way out anyways. It's, we're not going to see it out when we're all beat up and, 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 and feeling angry at God. We need to give thanks in all things. It is the will of God for our lives. Ephesians 5.20 says this, giving thanks always for all things to God the Father in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now we've been discussing over the last few months that some of the things that God asks us to do is, 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 is not very nice on the flesh. I mean, we spent three or four weeks just dealing with, you know, that, that God's saying that it's even heathen love and are good to the people in their own households. But what about loving your enemy? What about doing good to those who spitefully use you? And boy, I was preaching to myself because I don't like that one. I'm old school, right? I like to, I came from a time where you dealt with things in different ways when things didn't go, when somebody spitefully used you. And now my God is telling me to do good to those who spitefully use you. The flesh hates it, but the kingdom of God, that's how it works. It, it's upside down to the world we live in. It's like if you want to get you a given, if you, it's, just, it's just backwards, right? To how uh, the human nature thinks. But God, he has got a way for us to do it. And so we know that whatever he asks us to do is for our benefit and for the kingdom's benefit, right? So everything, all things, we're supposed to give thanks for. In our life right now, in the midst of trial, in the midst of people that you are so irritated with right now, we're supposed to give thanks for all of that. Isn't that wild? Are you with me this morning? Yeah. Ephesians 1.16. This is Paul writing to the church of Ephesus, and he says this, I do not cease to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers. Now, how many know Paul went through some stuff, right? 
He went through more stuff than you and I will ever go through. And probably as a pattern, but we will not go through. I mean, he was shipwrecked. He was whipped a few times with one, one whip short of his death. That's what being lashed, 39 lashes was. It was one less than 40 because 40 was thought to kill you. And so a few times Paul went through this. So he went through some stuff. The guy was stoned. Many scholars think to death. You know, many scholars think that his revelation was during that time that he was stoned to death. You know, there is a discrepancy. I'm not saying that's what it is, but we both know that he was stoned to the point of unconsciousness. We're not talking about how people get stoned nowadays. We're talking about rocks being chucked at your head. And so Paul, through all of this, had so many things that you and I would consider being angry at God about. And he says, not only do I give thanks and praise God, but I give thanks for all of you all the time. Isn't that so cool? So we can sometimes break down and want to give thanks to God, but what about the things closer to home, closer to us? Paul, I give thanks for you. Paul had an attitude of gratitude in his ministry, regardless of the trial that he was going through. So are we thankful for the people that God has put in our lives? We need to be. We need to be. You know, a lot of times we spend time getting mad at the people, even in our own households. You know, because it's easy, it's easy targets, right? Or the people in our lives are, or sometimes it's just because those are the people that are around us the most, so we have more reason to be irritated, right? Because it's just the time you spend with people. But these are the people that we should be most grateful for, right? And that's where it starts, in our own homes, being grateful for the people that God has put in our lives. I'm grateful for my family. I'm grateful. And so this is the life that we need to live. You know, to the 13 letters that Paul wrote, nine of them were giving thanks. Two of them were about comfort, and Timothy and Titus were about brotherly love. We're talking about a guy who had so much reason to be upset, and yet his attitude was, yes, he had times of correction in his letters and stuff, but he was always so thankful for the people that he got to minister to. You know, I think about that, and that one kind of hit me this week, that portion of it, to be thankful for the people that I get to minister to, and not just the people that come around here, but I'm talking about just the opportunities in life that I get to minister to. How many people go through a drive-thru and they're so irritated by the time they're done? I got to tell you, and I'm, I won't name them this morning, but there's a couple places around here where I just, I, 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 I squeeze the juice out of my steering wheel trying to go through. And I think, why? Why do I get this person? But you know what? I need to be thankful that it's an opportunity. And God, no matter how many times he schools me, I still go through this frustration. And I tell you, I've been schooled a few times going through Starbucks drive throughs I remember one time, this, this uh, and I think I might have shared this a few weeks ago too, but Starbucks is a good one. I like it because it's good PR. But this morning, it was, it, was a, it was a little bit of a rough morning. And I'm thinking, the girl wasn't getting my thing right on the, on the, on the speaker there. And I'm speaking slow and clearly. And um, when I get up there, she says, before she takes my card, and she was new, before she takes my card, she'd served me one time before. She goes, hi, Trent. She hadn't even taken my card yet, because your name's on your card, right? She had one time served me before, noticed my name on the card, and then said, hi, Trent, the next time I went through. And I thought, God, she's, better than, she's being better to me than I am to her. And I'm the one that has the gospel. I'm the one, you know, I need to be thankful for the people. 
There was another time, same thing. I'm, I, the problem is I'm just so impatient. I'm an entrepreneur. I'm like, I just, I like things. And Jonathan says, you're so intense, dad. But he's worse than he, I am even. And so anyways, I just, I just, I can't wait. We were coming home in traffic the other day and I was just about melting down. And it's only Langley. It's not even like Vancouver. And, um, and so anyways, I do. I have a little bit of patience problems. And so again, we're going into Starbucks and, and this lady just cuts in front of me. And I'm like, I don't mind if I let you in, but <laughs> you like, woof. And so I'm like mad the whole way up to the window. Now I'm not talking, I'm not like losing my mind or anything, but I'm uptight all the way to the window and my head's doing a few things. And uh, I get to the window and the lady says to me, it wasn't one of those pay it forward ones. The lady says to me, your meal is, your, your drink is bought. And that lady wants to tell you that she is so sorry. She turned in before and she, before she could realize that she couldn't back back out. And I just thought, I'm such an idiot. <laughs> like she probably doesn't even, she might not even know Christ. And here the Christian is like having no grace for her, truly. And then a couple weeks ago, remember we looked at that scripture that said, if you don't provide for your own family, you're worse than an infidel. And I, I, I kind of shared what I gathered out of that. And the reason why Jesus was saying that we're worse than an infidel, it's because infidels get up in the morning and they just do their thing and they go to work and they pay, they go and they, they pay their mortgage and they go and they buy groceries and everything's just normal to them. But us Christians, we complain about half that, right? And I'm thinking we're the ones that should be going way above it because we have God, the life of God in us. We have the to make change and bring hope to every situation. And I'm like, sometimes we're worse than the people that don't know God. Me included, me first in line. And so I was thinking about that this week and I'm just thinking, what is wrong with me? Like, you know what's wrong with me? I'm not grateful enough and I'm not thankful enough because if I was, it would be harder to flick that switch. If I was more thankful for the people around me and the people that I got to minister to and the opportunities that could potentially come my way and that God has made not just me in his image and his likeness, because we get like that. We're like, we're the chosen ones, right? It's like, we're the chosen. No, yeah, well, we are, but so is everybody else, right? And so, you know, the first John uh, 2, uh, I think it's first John 2, 1, somewhere in there, it says that uh, Jesus is a propitiation for our sin, but not only ours, but for the whole world. And sometimes we just need to wake up to that and go, you know what? Like, yeah, I know you love me, God, but you also love that person that just cut in front of me. And this might be an opportunity rather than just you trying to make me mad, which is somehow we function, right? And so the last several weeks, because this whole COVID situation has like amped me up to even worse degrees, I'm like, I'm like getting schooled by God these days. And I'm having to be more grateful more thankful, more in faith. And I know it's probably just me in the room, but you know, if it possibly is you, you know, you might know where I'm coming from. All right. So we're to give thanks. Now the word thanks is a pretty cool word. And I give my disclaimer every week. I'm not a Greek scholar, but I can read Greek scholars. And it's just a cool word named eucharistio. And it's just, it's created from two words, but it means just an overwhelming feeling of grace. And we are to be thankful in all things, overwhelming feeling of grace and thankfulness. That's how we should be walking around in everything we do, right? And so if I'm overwhelming 
and thankful and, 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 and feeling this overwhelming feeling of grace, I'm probably not going to be as touchy as I am sometimes, right? So I, my problem is I need to be more thankful. I need to be more grateful. I need to be thankful for what I have. And it's hard for my personality because I'm always wanting to build and do more stuff and just like, I just, that's my personality. But sometimes I just got to stop and say, whoa, if I'm always thinking about what I'm going to do and always thinking about what I'm going to build, I don't have any time left for being thankful for what has already been built in my life. Sometimes we just got to stop and smell the roses, right? You know, I've shared this story before, but we used to go to Saskatchewan two or three times a year. We had, my, both my grandparents had farms there, and I spent a ton of times on the farms. And, and, but we would drive every, every time. And I, I didn't, there was no iPads back then, and I already told you what my personality is like. Well, it was like that when I was a kid. And so in the car, oh my goodness, to drive like 10 hours to Calgary and then like, I mean, eight hours to Calgary from Merritt and then 10 to, to Medicine Hat and then a Swift Current for the next one. I was like, it just like, it was like all, it was like, I couldn't wait to get there. I loved the trip, but it was little for a kid hell getting there. And so I would do the craziest things and I've probably shared this before, but oh my goodness, it was just anything to preoccupy my time. I'd have straws hanging out of my noses and my ears and, and all these things. And one time I told you this, it couldn't get away with it now, but my sister and I were in the back seat and I was so bored. I put up a, a note in the back window saying, I've been kidnapped, help me. And uh, no one, no one came. I'm thankful they didn't, but it was scary that they didn't all at the same time. But that's the kind of kid I was. Anyways, so my dad was dying a few years back of cancer and it was just a really good time of us to, 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 to reconcile and put some things behind us and but one of the things that he said to me was very interesting because every time we would go on this trip, we would go, and you remember that enchanted forest? Anybody did not, done the trip on the side of the road? And I've never been into it to this day. And matter of fact, I asked Jonathan the other day going by there if he wanted to stop, and he says, no, it doesn't look cool. But to me, <laughs> as a kid, it looked so cool. It looked really cool. And so every time I'd want to stop, but it was early in the trip, so my dad never stopped. But in the end of his life, he said to me, you know, one of the things I regret, and I was thinking like something profound and all these things, right? And, you know, it was going to be this. He said, driving by that enchanted thing and I never stopped for you. And I just thought, man, what a lesson, right? What a lesson. Sometimes we just got to stop, pull off the road. Because if we're always going, we're never thankful for where we are. And so, you know what? I take that situation into just my personal life and and it was, it was funny because I was driving by there and I wanted to get home and, and I thought I'm not going to do the same thing to my boy. And I'm like, do you want to pull in there? And he's like, nah. So it looked cool to me. So we're to be thankful and we're to pray without ceasing. And in that opportunity, we're to pray and be thankful for all things. This is the will of God for our family, for our friends, for our church, for our bosses, for our coworkers, for our teachers, for anything that God would place in our life. And I think about it that if we actually paid attention to this, if I actually paid attention to this, it would be a total transformation in my life. If I would get up in the morning and the first thing, I was so thankful for all of that. First thing, when I get into my, my truck and start driving, that I would be thankful for that because I'm not a patient guy and I just need to relax and be more thankful. Does anybody like me have this kind of personality? It's like, I've shared this story before too, but I just go for podcast drives. I get up in the morning, I, I grab a coffee, and if I, if I don't call my mom, I will listen to a podcast. So several days a week, I'm listening to a podcast. I just want to learn. It's either about business or about the gospel or, or leadership or whatever it is, and I just, I'm always doing it. But one day, I was driving, listening to a podcast, and I was turning left onto Fraser Highway, and there was a guy in front of me driving slow, and I am like 
freaking out because he's going so slow. And I'm like, I'm not like freaking out loud, but inside I'm like, I'm just like getting intense, squeezing the steering wheel. And then all of a sudden it hits me. And I asked, and it was this question that hit me, where are you going that you're in such a hurry? And all I was doing was driving in circles, listening to a podcast. I was going nowhere. I had nowhere to be fast. But we are like that in life. It's like, da, 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 da. And we never stop to go, God, I'm so thankful for what's right here. More dinners, more sit-down time, more talk time with people, sitting down, your family and friends. How are you doing? How are you doing? My thought is like, I don't have time to figure out how I'm doing. I want to build something, do something. But it's not good all the time. So I think that it would be totally transformational for my life and somebody else's if we would just wake up and thank God for my life, my spouse, my children, and even the people that we don't want to think are favorable in our life and begin to just thank them and bless those who've spitefully used us. Spitefully, right? Imagine if you drove to work like that. Imagine how much different you would arrive at work if you drove like that, especially if you didn't like your job, right? You just show up with a different attitude, right? All of a sudden you'd realize, God, I'm thankful for these people that I have an opportunity to minister to. People are going to watch me. And I know if you're in me, they're going to see something. I don't even know what it is, but they're going to see something because you're living in me and you are more than something, right? Thankful for church. I mean, th- I mean I'm so thankful. Look what we got to do, you know? Everybody's talking about the bad side of this. Well, you know what? I worship Jesus through this whole thing. And I don't want to be a complainer. I don't want to be the pessimist. I don't want to be the one that looking at what is wrong. I don't want to be that. So I'm just going to end with this. And maybe you've heard this kind of a story before, but there was a new couple and they were sitting by the kitchen window one morning. And the wife says to the husband, as the neighbor's putting out the laundry on the line, the wife says to the husband, she had to learn how to do her laundry. Look how dirty that is. I could teach her a few things about doing wash. And so this went on for like two weeks. She'd say this every morning at the, at the, at the table. And then finally a morning came and she said, somebody finally taught her how to wash. Look how clean those clothes are. And the husband said, no, I actually washed the window. <laughs> right? But that's us, right? We go through goggles in life and we're, we have this tainted view of stuff because of what we've been through and what we've faced in life. But the fact is, we have God, and it doesn't matter what we faced in life. We have a clean slate. We have an opportunity to bring hope. We have an opportunity to bring life. We have an opportunity to be thankful. We have an opportunity to be gracious. We have an opportunity to be grateful and have gratitude in life. We truly do. And I've said this before. You know, when you walk in a room, hope walks in the room. We need to realize that. The king of the universe lives on the inside of us. When we walk into a room, hope arrives. It does. We have the ability with our spoken words of life to change and light up a situation. You know, there's lots of people that talk about demons and darkness and all this stuff going on and all this stuff, and we're like trying to battle the demons and tear it down and, and, and speak to them and kick them out of here and kick them out of our country. Well, when this place is dark, when I walk in here in the morning, I don't try to grab it and throw it out the door. What do I do when it's dark in here in the morning? Man, if we would just let our light shine, right? How many people's problems would 
change? How many people that are just without peace and without joy would just be impacted because we have this peace and we have this joy? You guys know it. The Bible says it's not of this world. It's a supernatural gift that has been handed to us by the king of the universe. This peace and this joy that has been given to us that we can tap into at any moment that the world doesn't have. But we do. And so this is why I was so mad at myself going through this process. I was so busy arguing about how this whole situation and COVID and all this stuff should be handled differently. And all I was doing was making people matter. I should be bringing hope to a place. Don't worry about it, man. Why are you so peaceful? Why are you so joyful? Why? I belong to the king. This is nothing. This is nothing. I've read the end of the book. This doesn't look like the end of the book to me. And even at the end of the book, it's, it's amazing. It's amazing. The church is going to rise up and grace will abound. I want to tell every one of you this morning, when you arrive, hope arrives. Don't forget that. Father, I thank you for this morning. I thank you for the opportunity to be able to just praise you this morning, to be able to talk about you, to be able to share your word, God. I thank you that you're doing so much in our, our lives, God. You're doing so much in my life. I thank you, God. Help me to see better. Help me to hear better. Help me to view the world better, God. Help us to arrive like you want us to arrive, that we arrive on scene, God, that we are the ones bringing light, hope, joy, peace, whatever you want us to bring into that situation, God, because you're with us. I thank you for that. In the name of Jesus, amen.